0: Welcome to the Tech Connect podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. And it's just us today. Yes, sir. Sorry if you're lucky. We folks. don't need
1: anybody else.
0: If you were expecting a smart, <laughs> scintillating, exciting <laughs> guest. Nope, you're once again stuck with John and Dean. Right? It's Tech
1: Bites number three. Do we still need other people at this point? No, I mean, uh, come right? on. Yeah, I mean. Now, if on. you
0: guys would start leaving some, like, reviews and comments and stuff and telling us that you don't want to hear from us, <laughs> we
1: wouldn't do these. <laughs> then we wouldn't put you through this.
0: But your silence is permission at this there,
1: point. Yeah, it, so, see? There you go. You're yeah. enabling us to do these types <laughs> of things. So don't blame us. It's <laughs> all your fault.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so we are back with another Tech Bites episode where we kind of dive into some of the Dude, hot we got topics. some stuff on our
1: chest here. We, yeah. You know, we've been coming across some stuff that we, got, we, we just got to. Explore a Dean bit.
0: and I, we just sit around and we just compile stories that we're like, "Well, I can't wait to talk about this. I can't wait to talk about this." And then we get together <laughs> once or twice, you know, uh, uh, you know, every few months or so, and put one of these episodes out where we just banter back and forth, talk about some of the big topics and some stories are channel those.
1: relevant, some are industry relevant, exactly. some are not at all. Some
0: have just some are just stuff we just feel like talking about. Yeah, but so. you
1: still need to know. That's right. Because you're going to be around a water cooler right. someday. Even you're if gonna you're
0: gonna be... not at a water cooler, even if you're just talking on a Zoom, hundred percent. And you're waiting for everybody else to show up. That's you right. Want to have a good story to tell you can say hey i heard on this you need a topic
1: we're here to deliver that topic for you
0: this is our value right here hundred percent hashtag value (laughs) to the var all right uh so yeah that's what we're doing today we're getting into some tech bites discussions uh it's time for us to plug in and get connected
1: welcome to the tech connect podcast it's time to get connected
0: All right, hey. Let's get into it here. So, uh, I'm going to let you kick off. You've got the first article we're going to talk
1: about. Yep, here. yep, yep. Well, so this one's a little bit close. It's getting a little close to our industry uh, here, so yeah, I thought I'd pull yeah, it out yeah. there. You've heard me talk about Boston Robotics, right? We this is that the entity sc- out the there, scary
0: 100%. dogs that might hunt us and kill us. All. I mean,
1: when yeah, when the apocalypse does happen of robots, I think Boston Robotics <laughs> will have, you know, stamped on the robots their stamp.
0: Boston Robotics is the real-life Skynet.
1: Yes. Yes. Now, or no, if, what it, was the it,
0: company? It wasn't Skynet. Um, yeah, Cyberdyne, it was, Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne so,
1: Systems. Yes, Cyberdyne. Well played, well so played. We so Skynet is Tesla, is Elon, and if they <laughs> ever, ever get together with Boston Robotics, but hey, Boston Robotics is putting out something they're calling the Stretch, which has a, it's, a, it's this arm, basically, that can uh, handle and manipulate- It's
0: not quite as threatening as that dog. Huge
1: volumes. No, but what I'm saying is it's close to our channel, yes, right? Yes, I mean, definitely. we live in the warehouse transportation logistics world world and yes there's robotics that are that are coming into play in our area no doubt about it but when Boston robotics starts putting a product that's in our world well now you really got to take notice you know if you hadn't taken notice before now you have to because let me just describe it for you here it's a square-based mobile-based you know unit if you will with this huge robotic arm that has seven degrees of freedom and a suction pad array at the end that can grab and move boxes up to 50 pounds in weight and so this This thing can just autonomously roll around and be used in a warehouse environment. But as the uh, VP of Business Development over at uh, Boston Dynamics, which I guess... You know, we put him on the Cyberdyne board. You know, he's he's the guy that's, right, right. You know, when they backtrace it <laughs> to how this all began, I guess this He's guy, the
0: one the Terminators will have to come back to kill, the good bingo. Terminators.
1: There you go. Yeah. He says, you can take this capability and you can move it around to the back of the truck. You can move it up and down aisles. You can move it next to a conveyor. It can be, it can, do, wherever you want to put it, you can put it. And yes, 80% of warehouses today don't have any automation out there. So you might start seeing this little Boston Dynamics robot it's called Stretch out there. And by the way, it can move 800 cases in an hour. Wow! So that's getting stuff done. And and so yeah, the reason why I wanted to call it out—that's getting a little close to our industry, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, and we talk about too the uh, you know as the industries keep shifting and changing, we talk about hey, the robots, you know, they're not going to replace us. It's just mm -hmm. reallocating people to other important jobs. Yep. Let's be honest. This whole supply chain, shipping, last mile delivery, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. It's not going anywhere. It's going to keep continuously ramping up. People have become 100%. more and more comfortable with buying and ordering stuff. More and more companies are shipping stuff around. And this to me just seems like kind of a no-brainer of yeah. having something that can quickly and efficiently move a bunch of stuff around in a, in a quick and easy manner. This, this is one, you know, all jokes aside about the end of the world and mm. robot apocalypse or whatever, mm. like this is one I looked at and saw this is a very practical, it is. intelligent use for robotics. Bingo,
1: it is. It's a cobot, right? Mm. It's one of those things that we will co-live next to. But to your, I think your point is very valid. And, and that's the reason why, in all seriousness, resellers have got to understand what's happening in the robotics world because it will start encroaching every- everywhere and yep. this is just one of those examples that maybe it's a little cost prohibitive right now but the technology is there uh, the thinking around how uh, humans and robots cohabitate and how this can all work to your point we all know that we live in this industry where logistics is is just it continues to explode and uh, right, right. the need to move stuff and materials around as efficiently as possible it's going to be out there it's going to keep on happening so look for Stretch coming to Stretch. a warehouse near it's you. It's a cool name too just to Fun. It is kind of like,
0: cool. Hey, Stretch, go get them boxes for me, you know? like <laughs> Do you see that happening? And, yeah. then the, and then the robot gets mad and kills the ball. <laughs> Stop telling me what to do. I don't know. No, it's not all yeah. Robo. Suctions your face off
1: with <laughs> yeah. those with those pads. Oh,
0: someone, someone is gonna make a horror movie with that. Oh yeah, they're, that's a million dollar idea, right yeah, there. Yeah,
1: they're like, you know, you can't move because yep. yeah, yeah. You, that's
0: that's like that will be the the kill. Like you know, all the <laughs> horror fans always say there's like that one kill. that's the coolest kill in every oh. film. so maybe that'll it's like it.
1: It. It, it sucks you up enough to to lift you up, and yeah. then it amps it up and like sucks out all your guts. Not, man, you
0: what are we doing here? We're done. Yeah, We're, let's just head to Hollywood. <laughs> We're gonna sell that. That's it. It'll be our million dollar idea, right? Be
1: rated movie right there. Oh man.
0: All right, so my first one up here. Um okay. Mike yes. Richards. Yes. Ding. Who is the producer of Jeopardy? <laughs> incorrect. Ding. Who is the host of Jeopardy? Still incorrect. Ding. Who's the former host of Jeopardy? <laughs> Getting there. Ding. Who's no longer associated anything with Jeopardy? What ding, ding, happened? Ding. You are correct. I need
1: an explanation here because I haven't really been watching it in the news. Yeah. I've just seen this these, th- all those stories come up. Nope, not the host. Nope, not the producer. What the hell's so, going on? So,
0: okay. So, obviously, Alex Trebek passed away last year. Yes. And there's been this huge void of, like, who is going to take over Jeopardy? And it's, yeah. it's impossible to but fill Didn't we stop shoes. on the girl from... Uh, 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 sort of. From um, uh, Big Bang and Big Blossom. Big Bang, yes. My M- M- yeah. Sort of. Okay. okay. So... Here was the saga. Like after Alex passed away, there was a whole plethora of guest hosts that were, came through. Correct. So you had a bunch of people, including Ken Jennings, the yeah. you know the guy's probably the most associated with with Jeopardy outside of Alex is you know the, the all time champion on the show. So and, he did and a guest run. Like Aaron Aaron Rodgers Rogers. did a, yep. did a mm-hmm. run. Yeah, yeah you've yeah. had you know news people. Uh, Lavar Burton was a very popular one from Star Trek. Yes, reading yes. Rainbow. Like he he's yeah. been kind of the. Um, the fan choice for the mm-hmm, replacement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then along the way, at some point, randomly along the way, there was a week where supposedly they didn't have a guest host lined up. So Mike Richards, who was a producer on the show, he's also been producer on shows like Price is Right, uh, uh, Wheel of Fortune, some other random game shows you've probably never even heard of. Okay, He stepped in for a week. Now- Again, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes detail. I will link the article on Vox this that really dives deep into the, the whole backstory here. All right. But uh, it sounded to me like the dude just really wanted to host a game show, <laughs> so he found an excuse to step in and be the, the the guest host for that week. Fine, whatever, you know. But again, he's kind of a nobody. Like, he's a behind-the-scenes guy. Right. Not someone anybody, unless you're like a super Jeopardy file, might have known. You know? Right. So, yeah. You or know, follow...
1: Might, or, Producers in Hollywood right, exactly. for some odd reason. But
0: for, for most casual fans, no one knew who he was. So mm-hmm. he did a guest stint and then he went on and did some others. Now, obviously, these the search for the final, you know, a finalized host, a permanent host. Oh, began. Quick
1: sidebar How did he do? Did you watch any of them? I didn't actually. Okay, right.
0: I, I, I haven't watched a lot. I'll be honest, since Alex died, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, kind of hard to, yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. just get
1: into get it. Get back you know? into it. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I never saw any of his. Uh, and I think, you know, people just said he was fine. You yeah. know, no, nothing spectacular, but fine. So then we got to the point where they were picking the, the host. Now, mind you, he was also, as one of the big producers, someone involved in selecting the next right? host. Right. So, you know, the fans <laughs> wanted LeVar Burton. A lot of people wanted Ken Jennings. They kind of thought most likely to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, then it was finally announced that the new host of regular Daily Jeopardy would be Mike Richards. <laughs> and that uh, myam would be a, a kind of a, go- a host for special editions and evening editions or something like a special right, like prim- yeah. primetime editions yeah, 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 or something yeah. like that so Immediately, everyone went, what? Why this guy? Like, you know, what's going on here? And it kind of reeked of a little bit of, you know, not, not nepotism, that's not the word, but like a little insider yeah. trading kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, well, hey, I'm the guy who was making the selections, and I decided to pick me, you know?
1: Yeah, talk all about stuff in the weird, ballot right, in your favor. felt
0: weird to begin with. So that had been announced, and I think he had finally got around to starting to record some episodes, when then, because there was so much scrutiny on it, people from various past jobs that he'd worked in, like at The Price is Right, started unveiling a lot of very uh, different... Difficult things about him from his past ah, that he had, had a bad yes. reputation. Uh he had made some very sexist comments. He had oh, treated boy. the models badly when he was oh, on Price is Right. Yep. There was mm. all these various lawsuits that had come out against him. Got it. He made questionable comments on a podcast that he hosted. Like just Got a lot it. of a lot of not good stuff mm, came out about mm-hmm, the guy along mm-hmm. the way. And of course, you know, there was a quick reaction to that, like, hey, this guy probably shouldn't be here. Uh very quickly it didn't take long before they pulled back and said, Okay, he's not gonna be the new host. <laughs> They're gonna le- let buy him do it now instead, for at least temporarily. She's still not. I don't think the permanent. I think they're still oh, okay. on the search. And then it didn't take long after, maybe another week, before they officially announced he's officially no longer it has anything to do with Jeopardy.
1: Holy moly! So a fall from grace, Man, quick. So this guy went from basically a
0: behind-the-scenes nobody who, you know, and granted, there's a lot of people in Hollywood that unfortunately are sitting behind the scenes and do bad things, yeah, are bad right. people, and yeah, still yeah, yeah, succeed. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it, like I think the, the the article probably compared to this, or that's I'm probably not thinking this off the top. of had, but it's like the story of Icarus. He flew too close to the sun. <laughs> He decided <laughs> wings started to melt. He was dying to be a, a host, yep. a, a big host on a big primetime show, yep. and he made his move, and yep. he got burned pretty badly. Yep. For it. I can so, do
1: this. I got this. Yep. Oh yeah.
0: So the rise and fall. There, he's 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 now completely out of the game. We're still on the quest for the next host. And
1: how sad that this happened to such a great brand like Jeff. I know that's I the mean, thing. It has on. kind of tainted this brand, and you know, yes. and I'm sure Alex would have wanted nothing. To he's do with rolling this. in his grave, you know. At this yeah. point, I mean, how does that even happen here? I don't know, man. That's, that's Yeah. yeah. You know. and, and I didn't know about, well, I, was, I didn't know that whole story and right. I didn't, I didn't know that the, about the one girl, what's her name again? Uh, Mayim Bialik. Yeah. I just thought she, you know, I saw one of hers, I think, and it was, and it was, I thought she did a really great job right, and I'm right. a big fan of hers anyway. Yeah. So she's a smart, you know, lady. Yeah. All so, right. So, so we're still in flux still, at this still particular flux, moment. This so is there hope for John becoming the, uh, the host? Uh, uh
0: John, you? Oh, me? No, <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, that'd be awesome. That would be f- that would be amazing. But no, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I. I'll be honest. I. I consider myself to be a fairly intelligent guy, but I can never be as smart as Alex was. Yeah. Because I feel like Alex, like. I mean, yeah, it's easy when you've got the, quote the answers was right. Like right, people right, like right. say, but I also always felt like Alex is just a ridiculously smart person. Yeah, he
1: had contextual yeah. information around exactly. that as well. Yeah. yeah, no, he knew what he was talking yeah. about. I, I, Honestly, he wasn't just reading a card.
0: If you had told me Jeopardy was going to end after Alex died, I would have been like, "That's fine. I yeah. understand. I get it. No one can really fill those shoes. It'll yeah. never quite be the same."
1: But yeah. or at least some pause, some yeah, some extended exactly. pause. Maybe yeah. ten years later. Yeah, take a few years. We we'll do off a reboot back, with somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So. Well, anyway. So hey, that, I that came sucked. across some information about stressed out and best states to do business because I know okay. that you love these lists, I right? Do. Because they we are, can scrutinize them and say, "Hey, what the heck? What the heck is going on here?" So we'll start off with America's top states for doing business in 2021. I'm, I was a little bit surprised, in, and of course, you know, whenever I read something like this, I I like to look into the data. <laughs> what are the, what are they? By what are they making right, this right. opinion? Right. right? Infrastructure cost of doing business business life health and inclusion okay i know that sounds a little bit nebulous workforce got it you know what type of workforce the economy in there business friendliness that's maybe a little vague access to capital so anyway the top state for doing business in 2021 is actually Virginia who would have even guessed Virginia Uh, I don't know I mean okay so it's close to DC and so when you look at the ranking you know cost of doing business it's kind of expensive it is Um, infrastructure's there so they got good infrastructure life health and inclusion apparently really good workforce I who knew there's a lot of people that live in Virginia looking for jobs highly qualified people looking for jobs uh in virginia so that was kind of interesting virginia north carolina Utah is number three. Texas. Everybody hears about Texas, Damn. right? Because you can do whatever you want in Texas. It's like <laughs> no it's like our China, I guess. You know, just go down there and whatever you want to do, you Still can do. Still literally the Wild West in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got some southern states up there pretty high. Tennessee. Tennessee was fascinating you know. to me, too. Like, Why?
0: I don't know. Like, just not a state that I would have thought would be a, a high business type Dude, state. Dude, I think Nashville I is Nashville, like, yeah. It's like
1: this epicenter down yeah, there so. that is like... I don't know. It's like the the place to be, you right. know, for for southern states and things of that nature. Nashville is definitely a hopping hopping place. Okay, so uh, where did Ohio and Kentucky? So Ohio's in the top fall. ten. Thank you okay, very okay. much, my friend. Well, Ohio comes in at number ten. My my I'm beloved state. I keep scrolling so I can
0: find Kentucky. Yeah, good oh, luck there it is, that. Down at forty one.
1: <laughs> Shocker. Uh, so, 41. So, you know, uh, the cost of doing business is awesome in Kentucky, uh, which, which, right? I mean, well, the cost yeah. of living down here yeah, yeah. It is great. But you've got some issues as it relates to the workforce, the economy down here, right. not doing all that well, uh, at least as it relates to this yeah. particular one. Now, yeah, Hawaii and so.
0: Alaska are at the bottom, which makes sense just because of... Accessibility, Like, right. I get that's that's the hard For there. cost? So if we ignore, yeah, if you ignore those two, because those make sense in that realm. Yeah. You've got West Virginia and Maine down at the bottom. Is Now, Maine, kind of Maine's a little bit surprising.
1: Yeah, I'm a little... Uh,
0: West Virginia probably doesn't surprise me as much. Although, again, with its proximity to Virginia, Virginia. you think... What, yeah. no, no,
1: seriously, let's pause there. They're number 47, yeah. and Virginia's number, number one. one. Yeah. They're right next to each other. Yeah. Uh, but I guess Virginia I think, with Washington, D.C. Yeah, area has got kicker. to be yep. the kicker on that one. I think there, so. There's just no other a doubt Coastal about it.
0: state with with dc nearby that probably has a lot to do with it
1: yep so. yep yep okay. and some mid-ranking so i anyway i was a little bit uh, proud of my uh, buckeye state there coming in at number <laughs> 10 but all this can lead to stress and so the other one that i because i know you love lists like this the most and the least stressed cities in america right so they did uh who was this that, that did this whatever oh the american psychological association uh ran a study i guess and and of course Oh, no, I'm sorry. Maybe this is a different study that's, that has found that six out of 10 adults have undesired weight changes <laughs> since the start of the pandemic. Duh. And one of four essential workers have been diagnosed with a mental health disorder, which is not funny. I mean, that it is serious what is going on uh, in our society, no doubt about it. But this this particular list, you know, rates the cities as, you know, what is the most stressed city, if you will, and the least. And they take a, a look at work stress financial stress family stress health and safety health and safety stress is kind of the main drivers but what do you think is the number one stress city i wouldn't have guessed this in a million i, I years. would not have
0: either it's kind of interesting
1: it's cleveland ohio yeah, yeah. Uh, cleveland rocks and apparently cleveland ohio is the most stressed <laughs> place in the entire u.s now I live Cleveland the state. rocks cuz
0: you're literally sitting there just rocking back and forth at your desk stressed out all day apparently.
1: <laughs> apparently, I mean I live in the great state of Ohio yeah. and I you know I don't consider Cleveland to be that wildly different than Cincinnati. Right. I mean they're on a they're on a lake, we're on a river. Uh, kind of a thing. But but yeah, apparently high stress. Then you got Detroit, New Orleans, and Baltimore, and then Newark. So there's your top five yeah. most stressed well, cities. And
0: what was interesting is what set Cleveland apart, because they ranked fairly low on work stress. But mm-hmm. what set them apart is financial stress. They were the highest financial stress. The highest family stress and the third highest health and safety stress. There you go. So they kind of they kind of uh, hit a lot of buttons there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there, people they're are the, they're like struggling I think they're to the pay bills. top on this. Right? They are. They're yeah. struggling to pay bills. They got a lot. of That leads to family stress, of course, yep. uh, which leads to health and safety stress, of course. So yeah. you 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 hit the nail on the head. Uh, so it's not that they're getting stressed at work. Maybe they're just I don't know. They're not working, and that's leading to all that, these financial I mean, stresses two. and yeah. things like that. Kind of a little bit of the case of the top five on. Except for Baltimore, where where you see work stress, and then Newark was number one for work stress. What's in Newark anyway? Is it pharmaceuticals? Was something's Uh, in Newark that there's a lot of? Uh, Is it the pharmaceutical industry? Maybe I don't know. We got to figure out what's in Newark that's causing all this stress to happen. So then, at the bottom of the list, (laughs) you've got well, Madison, Wisconsin is is near the bottom. So. You know, when you're in Wisconsin, you don't have a lot of work stress. Way back,
0: peaceful, yeah. Yeah, yeah you got cows,
1: so. you got cheese, you got, you know, what else is there to do in Wisconsin? Fremont, California was a little bit surprising because, you know, anything on any of the coast, yeah, uh, you yeah. would think, although that's a little bit more inland. And yeah. then the number one is South Burlington, Vermont. I guess if you want a stress-free life, move <laughs> to Vermont South Burlington specifically because that is way stress-free up there. They actually
0: were pretty high on the work stress, but everything else is smooth going.
1: Low, low, low. You don't have any financial stress up there. I guess the cost of living, even though it's uh, on the east coast is, is relatively yeah. nice. So anyway, you agreeing? Well I mean, it's it's kinda hard to dive yeah, into this I mean, one. But are you okay with these particular ones I here?
0: Yes. I mean I mean if I think if you if you dug into the underlying causes they probably make sense. Yeah. Um was was Cincinnati on here anywhere? I didn't remember seeing I saw oh, Columbus is around the middle of the pack.
1: Mm, uh let me do a quick find here and see if, if Cincinnati Yeah, twenty six. Okay, We're twenty six. Pretty
0: high still so yeah. yeah
1: a little stressful living here in Cincinnati yeah
0: <laughs> okay well
1: and what is it oh financial stress yep that's so that's one of the it's high a ones
0: great there. state to do business but you're going to be stressed out yes apparently and all the... your employees will be stressed yeah exactly so <laughs> does is it that great then i don't know so all right interesting
1: one there you go all
0: right my next story here is about emma the robot masseuse i
1: don't know anything about this so you gotta uh, help me out here this what's is going just on a
0: random scene article i came along so it says meet emma the ai robot masseuse practicing ancient wellness therapies so basically uh, a company oh where was the company called a start a Singaporean startup called AI treat created a, a robot called Emma which stands for expert manipulative massage automation so it uses sensors and 3d vision to measure measure muscle stiffness uh, it has like heated pads so it's got like little Robo arms that are like a soft tip kind of Heated pad, Got it. That it can use for massage. Now they claim, like, hey, this is not the idea is not to replace masseuses. Uh, it will allow them to still do some of the real deep. Oh, you this know, is a robot as well, right? But this can get like some very simplistic, basic massage techniques, or maybe to warm someone up and get started before the masseuse comes in or whatever ah. and does the real deep work. And the, okay, the, all the, right, the more personalized work there. But I don't know. I mean, they look kind of interesting, you know. Again, it's one of those things where you know if, if you start thinking the robot apocalypse angle, like you know, <laughs> does it just like start battering your head in or something? You know? I don't, know. I don't know. But, you know, I was checking out some of the video. It looks very soothing. Like, looks like it could be nice and comforting. Um, so, yeah, it said they want, they want uh, the actual massage therapist to be able to focus on the 10% highly skilled part still, mm. which can increase mm. their productivity and income while reducing the cost for patients. Uh, so, I mean, it, it sounds like they've put in the work and the science behind this. Um, they mentioned, like, a big part of it also would be to help, you know— uh, you know, therapists and physicians or whatever to treat multiple patients at once. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've got a patient that, you know, has a very, fairly simplistic need or whatever, put them under the robot while you're off working with another patient. Yep. So, you know, I mean, well, could here's soon. where
1: I think this is going to be a success. Now that I that I see this. I think there's a significant part of the population, myself included, who feel very awkward getting I massages. To get to yep. I yep. mean, I you know, I don't know. You know, I'm married. I'm happily married. I love my <laughs> wife more than life itself. I do not want to ever <laughs> depart. And, and and walking in and having, I don't care if it's guy or girl, right, it doesn't right. matter to me, having somebody else, it's you a know, very intimate kind of it thing is. It really Give is. Give me yes. a massage. It's like, "No, I'm not, you know, I I'm just, I'm, I'm super tense going in, and I'm even more tense coming out. So it's like, well, that didn't work at all. But if it was a robot doing it, eh, okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm in but for that. What if you, you know, fall it's... in love with the robot? <laughs> <laughs> Well, then I have other issues to deal <laughs> with, but at least the massage itself, right, right. you know, because yeah, it's an intimate. It, it can be right. Yeah. Uh, certainly, uh, it's one of those things that. So I, I can see a little bit of a run here on that one. Mm-hmm. Don't know the AI angle. What kind of artificial well, intelligence do we need here?
0: It, the idea is that it is it'll it allows it to understand like where pain points are, like because no no two people are the same when it comes to a
1: massage. I mean, so are you you can telling massage where everybody pain the same? Points way?
0: Way? Well, I think that it, it can actually identify. It can use like. Oh. Sensor vision, like heat technology ah. vision or whatever. It and sees that you
1: got a knot right. in your can, muscle exactly. right here. It can I see, got it.
0: like you. where you're the most tense, where there's like bundled up nerves or something. Dude, and that's, pretty cool, the I, that, it that's pretty cool then. It is. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 All right. Okay. So uh, there's a little bit of a door opening there right. on that point. Uh, so so we anyway. got
0: stretch the robot, moving boxes around. <laughs> we got massage robots. Now, what's funny is in our last episode, we just talked about the Tesla bot, and, you know, which is going to come to kill us all. These two at least feel a little more on the practical side. Yes. I don't want the Tesla bot trying to massage me. That
1: just, Something's about that's going to no. be a little weird. You know? Well, maybe the one they had at the reveal, which well, was, was just a, a lady in some kind of <laughs> really awkward body suit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly. telling you, I got to go back and look at that thing. It's just, I need it with the audio. Yep, it's, yep. it's really scary. Anyway, All right. What do you got next? Well, you know, this whole net neutrality oh, thing, this right? Is, this is one of those personal beefs of mine. I mean, I hate to resurrect me. the net, net net neutrality and, and the, the whole thing. So anyway, high profile 2017 decision by the FCC to roll back net neutrality rules right which which opened the door for companies to charge different levels for different services on net neutrality and there was a uh, well there was an investigation done by the New York state investigation concluded yeah it concluded a while ago that of the 22 million responses that the FCC received during the public comment period right so they do this that's how the government works hey what do you think public and let's take your comments they got 22 million do you want to be charged
0: more to watch netflix on your internet provider
1: yeah right to boil down the question, right. that, that, that's exactly kind of what later. we're getting at. Yeah, twenty-two million responses. I think it was the yes. It was the by far the highest in the agency's history, the FCC's history, which should uh, have been suspicious response. to begin with. <laughs> right. Because who who well, does that? Who comments on this? Crime? Well, as it turns out, what is it? Eighty percent of those comments were likely fabricated. Yeah. Are you kidding me right yeah. now? Eighty percent of those. So uh, just to read on here, investigators concluded nearly eight point five million of those twenty-two million comments. Were fraudulently submitted in favor of repealing using real identities without owner's knowledge, an effort led by Broadband Industry uh, Group. Separately, 7.7 7 million pro neutrality comments were linked to a single 19 year old college student using automated software. Well, God love that guy. I mean, right? Just one person. Just try, we're trying, yeah. 7.7 7 million comments came from one person. How yeah. did they not realize the, that the is, fix, going is going on? What is going on here? This?
0: Because when this whole thing came about, first of all, it's one of those things where as a, a mass populace, no one wanted this. Right. No one wants this unless you are benefiting from it financially.
1: Unless we, you're one of the big companies right, that's going to benefit. The, from the
0: it. basic idea is, do we want to allow broadband companies to ha- to control how much access and how fast of access we can have to the internet, basically. Mm-hmm. And if they mm-hmm. get that control, then that means, like we, like I just said, the Netflix example. They could say, "Hey, if you want, net, if you want broadband access, internet access that is fast enough to stream Netflix." you got to pay more for that. Right. versus the other person who just needs it for checking email. Right. And the whole net neutrality issue has been like, no, let's all just have this open access to whatever our needs might be. Yep. Sure you can pay for tiers of, you know, speed or whatever, but not not where a company can literally say, "Hey, we're going to slow you down. We're going to slow down your access until you pay us more for this.
1: Which is happening now. Exactly. You know, whether you're right. on mobile, you know, right. or whatnot, they throttle your ability yeah. to do and that.
0: And not to get into the political side of this <clears throat> stuff, but like there was the people who were running the FCC at the time clearly had an interest in making sure this happened. They were quite quite well known in bed with the broadband companies with the internet companies that wanted mm-hmm. to make more money off of this mm-hmm. and Saw figure out a way, way to, to make more money off of it. Yeah. And this goes back to this conversation we've had before, the whole idea of like, I think of internet as like a public utility, utility Right. and yeah. this kind of stuff doesn't happen if that's the case. The yeah. Same way you can't tell somebody like, Hey, you are, because you, you want to use more electricity. I'm going to charge you. You know, I'm going to, my, your rate's going to be a lot higher for that. Or I'm going to choke off how much electricity you're allowed to use until you meet my standards or whatever. Well, and, right. and what this hurts, too, this also hurts some of the, the back-end companies, too, who, like a Netflix, for example, that wants to be able to go out and say, hey, I want anybody who wants to have Netflix to have access to the same level and quality of Netflix no matter what. But then if they're saying, like, no, we're going to choke it off for you if we decide to, then that company then has to turn around and say, well, I'm sorry. In order for me to match what I need to do now with them, I've got to charge you, the consumer, more. Mm-hmm. They're passing along that to you, and suddenly so mm-hmm. we all start paying higher rates. So it's right. It's a BS issue that has never should have got to this point. Net neutrality existed for a reason, <laughs> and I'm frustrated that this happened. And even more so that, like, because I, I I knew at the time. I remember when they were opening up for these public comments. Mm-hmm. And they started talking about how many people were resoundingly right. in favor of doing this. I'm like, I call BS. That is not what's happening here. I don't know a well, soul who is cool with this. Uh, but obviously, doesn't it work had, for an
1: it was, company. a couple things. It had no impact on the final. Right. Right. I mean, you're making the argument yeah. that, that, look, this was going to happen the way right. that it unfolded right. anyway. So, but they pub- wanted
0: a justification to back it
1: up. Well, okay. But here's this disingenuous gesture that, hey, we'll take your public right. comments because we want to hear what you have to right. say. Do you really? Do you really? And then, are you vetting the ones that you get? That's the one, that's the takeaway from me. It's like,
0: well, and I would. Oh, I mean, let's man. be honest. We would not be surprised to find out that like they said that. Like, let's do all these public comments, and then immediately turned around to someone and said, "Hey, all right, guys, get to work on flooding the whole thing with
1: comments." Yeah, but how favor. good was this college student? I mean, you could see. Aren't they all coming from the same, uh, you know, yeah, same, same location? Same IP address. So, or something, same yeah. IP address and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. hmm, we've got seven point seven million that came from two point oh nine one five. Oh, they're man. different people but they're all at the same IP address really interesting I don't know man I, this is one so, of those issues
0: that I think eventually will get reversed like it's never going to stand up this way not if not if you want to move forward with the way the internet works the way we all expect it to yeah
1: yeah yeah so anyway I found that amusing with yeah. the fu- fake public comments around amusing. the whole thing <laughs> don't <laughs> trust the comments that are out there somebody's just making that yep. stuff up yep. yeah so anyway what's up, what's up for you now
0: all right so um you know, the last year plus have taught us that uh, entertainment is delivered in different ways than we ever expected before. Uh, You know, Hollywood got upended by the pandemic, basically, Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, when movies were going to be in theaters. Theaters were shut down for a while. People were hesitant to go to theaters even when they reopened. So it's, created this massive debate within Hollywood about streaming and about how movies are accessed to uh, you know, should they just be on the big screen for several months before us little peons at home can watch them on our <laughs> personal screens. Oh, and by the way, it's going to cost you like 90 bucks to take your family to the movie because tickets are expensive. Yep. And if you want to buy any food, that's expensive. Yep. If you want a premium seat, that's expensive. So it's been this big debate going on, and we've had a lot of people that have you know weighed in on it from one side or another At one point, Steven Spielberg was like, "No, this is unacceptable film should only be watched in theaters and look I'm a film buff. I love to see movies in theaters, but I'm also reached the point in my life where I don't feel the need to go pay the kind of money to do it and I've got this really nice 4k television in my home that looks pretty damn good when I'm watching films, and i, I don't Like, basically, I've reached a point where I only go to the movies for the latest Marvel or the latest Star Wars film. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Mm -hmm. Every now and then, maybe another Mm -hmm. movie might crack in. For the
1: experience. Right, Because you've been there, there, done that. You know the experience that you're going to have there.
0: Exactly. And even then, like, whatever. Like, if, if I missed it and had to watch it at home instead, fine. So, again, a lot of stuff happened over the last year. You had Warner Brothers sign their deal with HBO Max to put all of their new release movies on HBO Max at the same time they were in theaters. A lot of the producers and directors got pissed about that. Uh, Disney started releasing films st- straight to, to yeah, their right. Disney Plus service. Just, like yeah. the last couple Pixar movies went straight to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. But obviously this dam has been kind of breaking and cracking and it started two places that I you know want to comment on in particular. One, Scarlett Johansson sued Disney about a month or two back after the release of Black Widow. Okay. So Black Widow came out um, with premiere access on Disney Plus. Okay. You could spend 20, if you were, you were you were already a subscriber, you couldn't just watch it. Like you had to spend like another 25 bucks on top. Of your I remember. Yes. But then you could watch it at home yep. versus going to the theater scene, but she was also out in theaters at the same okay. time. Okay. Now, problem with that is Scarlett Johansson's she contract, mm. yeah, her contract was for box office sales. Yep. She gets a cut of the box office Got sales. Got it. Not the streaming service sales. Yeah. Not, not that money, which I completely understand. Totally understand. And yeah. I think going forward, actors are going to have to probably, it's going to be, become a part of their you know, their negotiation process oh, for 100%. films is yeah. like, you know, well, I wanna cut of X amount of subscribers that you have or X amount of, you know, yep. revenue that you're getting from your streaming service. Yep. If you're and because if nothing else, even if even if we don't have these simultaneous releases in the future, the window of time between a movie being released in the bo- in the theaters mm-hmm. and on at home for streaming at home is shorter than oh, ever. Yeah. It used to be like three to four months, six months, even longer. No weeks back in the VHS days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're down to just mere weeks, if yeah. not even just a couple weeks. Especially like there's an easy pivot if if a film bombs at the box office and the studio wants to recoup money quickly, they will shift over to a streaming service quicker and, and faster so they can just try to dig some revenue out of that if they mm, can. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a big impact there. The other comment, the other well, yeah, uh, well, let's,
1: let, let me comment sure. on that a little bit because, I mean, right, that's the, I guess these contracts were written before the pandemic. Well, yeah, hit.
0: her movie like was filmed three or four years ago was supposed to come out last summer.
1: Yeah, because as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, that's my agent. If I was Scarlett Johansson, that's my agent's issue. Why didn't you write that into, of course at that point, nobody knew at the time.
0: Because let's be honest, there was no world in which Disney was going to say, hey, the next Marvel film that comes out, these giant blockbuster billion dollar franchise that has made ungodly amounts of money over the last decade Mm -hmm. plus, Mm -hmm. we're going to put the next one straight onto our new streaming service that didn't even exist at the time that this movie was filmed.
1: So to me, in a perfect world, this is like an easy answer. I mean, this is, this is one that shouldn't be litigated scarlet should get her cut yeah. i mean that's that's the way that these things uh, happen and if disney where's disney landing on this are they trying to i'm sure they're is it gonna are they gonna litigate it or yeah, are they gonna try to they're
0: fighting it they're basically like well hey it did still come out in the box office and it did well see, that's it didn't the bad do it as well as it could have but
1: to me that's a bad move yeah. i mean you know i think i get it lawyers are lawyering up and stuff like that but at the end of the road i mean this so many companies have had to be so flexible on their contracts as it relates to anything in the entertainment world world right even blue star with events and stuff like that we've had to be very flexible in our approach to contracts and working with the venues uh, that we did because Everything that was pre-pandemic, you just right. throw it out the window. So this is one of those well, things and you that can't, you if can't I was Disney, I would it. bury this. I would I would pay her due because you know the contracts are going to be start, yep. start to be written in that way.
0: And you can't expect also you – know, the flip side of it, you can't expect the studios to sit on this content either. Like they don't make money no, if they're right. just sitting on it and it's, and it's right. gathering dust somewhere. Yeah. And you're still seeing movies that are constantly getting pushed back. Like, you know there, There's been films that have been released that haven't done well. Now the latest Marvel movie that just came out this weekend before as we're recording this, Shang-Chi – did extremely well. Huge box office. It did. Biggest Labor Day like number ever. The, yeah, right. right. So obviously, there's still that market there for it. But at the same time, like. I, I think I think we've reached a point, though, where people are going to expect stuff to show up on streaming services services sooner than later, or, or even potentially at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to have to acknowledge that. So then the other story that kind of came out more recently, yeah. Patty Jenkins, who's the director of Wonder Woman. Uh, oh, I think okay. she did some of the Twilight movies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Very well-known director and obviously very successful with the Wonder Woman movies of late. She kind of made some comments, and this has been something that's been circulating amongst some of the big directors and producers in Hollywood mm-hmm. of – she commented about, you know, these all the, a bunch of films that have been coming straight to Netflix or Prime or other services, uh, you know, over the last year plus, um, and even before that, honestly, and commented that those movies seem fake to her. And not in the sense of, you know, that, you know, they're not as good, but she just means like, well, you, if you're putting it on this streaming service. It must not be a real movie. Mm. And that's where and there's a lot of beef around that because – for one thing, Netflix has had some Oscar-nominated, Best Picture-nominated films over the last few years. Yep, yep. Um, Roma won uh, Best Director a few years back and Best Foreign Film, I think, mm. and was released straight to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's been a lot of directors that have commented about it. Scorsese, who even kind of was a little hesitant about himself, he released The Irishman straight to Netflix. Yes, right. He did very well, scored a bunch of Oscar nominations. Yep. I just, you know, I think it's... Oh, time. I'd be careful if I were her. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, It's I'm, time to stop pretending like... Streaming, streaming is, is, is c level. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's not. I'm sorry. We're not talking you're not talking about a a B movie that's churned out and goes straight to video anymore. Right. You know, again, people have theater-like experiences in their own homes now. Oh, it's 100% it's not the same, of course. No, it's yeah. never going to be the same. But most people are fine with watching a i profile cool new expensive movie on their big screen in their house now with surround sound speakers, you know. Some people have setups in their homes that are just as good as what you might experience mm-hmm. in the theater. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of people around you and sticky floors, and <laughs> someone talking during the movie or anything, and you know, like, so I, yeah, I just I feel like there's a lot of barking down the wrong path about this this whole discussion, and I and I, it's going, it's I think it's going to end up with us, the consumer, is still going to end up benefiting from this to be able to watch films the way we want to watch them yeah. and when we want to watch them and I where agree. we want to
1: watch them. Well, and I to your point, I think the divide, the technology divide between your theater experience and what you can get at home right. is vastly different than even say 20 years ago yep. when we didn't have 16 by nine ratio, right. we didn't right. have 4K. If you took a movie, a gorgeous movie like The Godfather and right. put it down on a four by three CRT <laughs> television, right. yeah, okay, I would agree you with Patty something. Jenkins, yes, that it, it's something. a different medium at that point right. in time. And, and yeah, okay. If I was an artiste, you know, who wanted to produce the best that that could be, I'm not producing right. for four by three aspect ratio right. on a on a cathode ray tube TV. And I, and I TV. get
0: that argument. Like, you know, my example of this was like, okay, the Sistine Chapel is not the same looking at it on a phone. <laughs>
1: Right. Like, yeah, You oh, experience
0: yeah. it differently when you're there in Paris. I understand that the artist wants, wants it, and, and that's fine, but you can't expect everyone to do that. Not all of us can go to the Sistine Chapel. Not right. all of us can experience your art the way you think that it should be experienced. Well,
1: I, I think she's missing the point on the consumer side. As a consumer of these visual events, uh, to me, watching them at at home, and I have just the the basic theater setup—a sound bar and right, a subwoofer—and right. and I don't have 4K yet, but I mean that experience is pretty dang close because I can get my room to rumble a little bit right, and stuff right. like that. It's pretty dang close to what I can get in the theater. Not not exact match, right. but good enough that I can walk away from a movie saying, "Oh man, that was good," yeah, and and appreciate you know the the artistry in in the movie itself. So I don't know. I mean, I wrote down the question: what 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 still takes you back to a theater? Then I mean, you know, in, in this world, especially you, like, you know, yeah. you don't want to be around microbes and stuff like that. So
0: honestly, for is me, is it the,
1: is it the audio? Is it the visual?
0: It's really the, honestly, it's just it's sometimes it's the camaraderie.
1: Like, OK, I, you know, being in a room with other people and having that shared experience.
0: Yeah, you know, That got or it. like if I've got it, like, you know, I went and saw Shang-Chi this weekend because my some of my friends wanted to go see it. Like a, a buddy of mine and his wife. And we're like, hey, why don't we get together, have lunch and go see this movie together? Uh-huh. It was more of a hey, I wanted to hang out with them and, and do this and have this. Got movie. it. Honestly, we could have just as easily gone to a Reds game or done something else entirely. Right? It was more of like, let's just get together and do that. Well, there you and go. And this, I mean, and, and I guess I'm sure there are certain movies that yes, I will want to go see as soon as they're available in a theater if there's not available, you know, streaming where I can see immediately because I want, like, I want to see it before any of the cultural zeitgeist mm-hmm. or before any spoilers potentially can seep in. <laughs> uh, you know, so and that's the only reason I went and did Black Widow because I had planned on. Uh, on doing the premiere access for Black Widow and just watching it home and be like, well, I would spend 25 bucks to go see it in the theater with my wife probably anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not just do that at home instead? But then mm-hmm. my friend was like, hey, you want to go see this movie? Sure, let's go check it out.
1: So where does it all end here? I mean, because I'm with you. I You know, the theater experience, I, I can't tell you the last time I went, but I don't mind going right. uh, and sitting with other sniveling kids because the only movies I've seen lately have been kid movies. So, <laughs> right. you know, so there's other kids around and, right. it, and it's distracting and stuff. And then you got to pay $25 for a popcorn and a Coke. Yeah, it's like, yeah. really?
0: I think, I, I think by this time, time next year, you know, COVID, you know, uh, excluded here, you know, right. assuming we've got the COVID curve little, ball. Yeah. We'll just assuming call it we're a little more under control than where we are right now, which I know last year at the same time, we probably would have said the same thing, but let's assume that we are finally in the place where we expected to be maybe at this point in art uh, right now. I could see us getting back to some, a little bit more of a normalcy where it's more of just like, Hey, big, big release comes out in the box office. I think that window between Release and streaming is going to be shorter than ever. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be very- I agree. Because let's be honest, most of these films, these big budget blockbusters, they make all of their money in the first two to three weekends. Oh, yeah. Most of it's the first weekend. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a super successful film that gets a big word of mouth, you might have a good second weekend.
1: Like a, After yeah. that,
0: the curve just drops off pretty yeah, dramatically. Yeah, yeah. You might as well just go ahead and pump it out to home where you can start making some more money off of well, it,
1: Well, I'm too. seeing the hybrid. I mean, I guess the way Disney rolled out the Black Widow, I see something like that happening yeah. more. Like, okay, I subscribe to Disney, and you get the basics for that. But any new release that comes out, right. there's going to be a premium put on that. at least the first of few of
0: months before it's available to everybody. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And, and like,
1: I see that as being the way that right. this is going to shake but out. Then what's going to happen? Plus then, the theater, the
0: backside of then will be yes that like your directors, actors, producers. That's all going to start becoming part of their contract. Hundred
1: the percent, as it should. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to get into debate of whether or not they're getting paid accurately or anything like that. But but uh, you know, yeah,
0: All right. Yeah. yeah,
1: they should. So, no there doubt you go. About there's, it.
0: there's my rant about this this whole thing.
1: <laughs> well, I got some more good news for you. All right, uh, Reveal is gone. Uh, apparently they they went uh, they went silent over here over the last so if you don't know who those folks are those are the good folks that uh, that have really I guess they're coined with uh, saying that they were the the group that pioneered ransomware as a service type of approach (laughs) to shutting down businesses basically right so this is that that uh, Russian entity out there that um again has just created all kinds of hammock off, uh, or havoc off of uh, uh ransomware. But apparently they, they went did, dark. They
0: did the coastal pipeline thing, right? yep was that them? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. yep.
1: And they went dark, so they're they're like poof, they just disappeared from the from the dark web right, right. and they're gone. And it's got people kind of scratching their head around, oh, okay, what happened? It's like, you know, when you see this enemy out there, right. and it, I guess you know, war is so tactile in the sense that, oh, there's the enemy right there. We can see them if they were to pick up and leave okay <laughs> right. well you would see that right. happening but here they just vanished they just
0: flip some switches and they're gone and yeah. they're gone
1: exactly. and they're gone delete and some s- code yeah and so people are wondering well and no, suspiciously it happened right after biden went on went over and talked to right, putin and right. said hey you got to help us out here kind of thing i guess i don't know but observers say probably, three- probably
0: a little more strict than that probably a little <laughs> bit more like hey you're going to help us out here yeah or,
1: or why putin would answer i don't know but but so observers say there's three possibilities of why revel just went dark one us or russian security officials access and shut down the group's servers mm, i don't know maybe uh, maybe i don't know that seems a little bit out there the group wants to avoid the scrutiny of being in the middle of a us russian relations yeah, okay, maybe the, the whole
0: idea of these groups is like you don't want to be too public. I mean, well, right. once you get too Are, public, there's a little too much danger getting caught,
1: and you don't want to cause World War Three. Well, yeah, you know, there's that the, too. The, yeah. the, the, the <laughs> extinction of the human <laughs> one, race. One would hope
0: there's some you know good intentions there, but
1: then again. and again, and then here's the third plausible reason: an unknown technical problem. Now come on, really? Do you? Why do you even put that on the board? <laughs> right. a,
0: an unknown technical problem. I C- mean, cousin Boris tripped over the power line. You know, <laughs>
1: unplugged it all. Like, oh no! These guys, Boris, you idiot! These yeah. guys and girls live in technology all day long, right. and I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility. But man, that that has got to be such a minute yeah. possibility that it unknown technical problem right. caused revel to just vanish right, from right, the face right. of the earth i mean and I it's just how do Here's, these people my come thing up is with
0: they things? probably are just like turning off for now to reinvent themselves and come back as something different you would think that doesn't so. have as much notoriety
1: I mean, you know, yeah, which is why the whole Putin Biden thing, it's like, you know, okay. so the Russian actors and, you know, that would give argument that they are actually working for the Russian government. And if that's the case, we're in an all kinds of heap of mess around that now. Who's to say that what you don't hear is about what the U.S. is doing to other Yeah, we other got our
0: own things. folks that are- oh,
1: I'm sure you know. we do. But, but like, unfortunately, granted, not they there. don't have elections. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, when Putin just says, hey, I'm going to be here for another whatever <laughs> decade and right, you can't right. do anything about it- Or oh. we're going to have
0: an election.
1: Right. Yeah, oh, exactly. Funny enough,
0: my name's the only one on the ballot- <laughs> Or if, if for some reason you check that other name, you might not see tomorrow. But oh well, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. So you know, what I, in all seriousness, I've been wondering to myself, you know, how far does it go with these with these actors? Just assuming the fact that they are government, whatever, sanctioned uh, sponsored, some way, sanctioned, yeah. some way connected to it. How far do they go to make our life miserable? Because right. in theory, I, I would think at this point in time, both we and they could make each other's lives pretty miserable if we wanted to. So shutting down gas is like, were they just testing the waters of how miserable they could make things? You know, is it, is it, they're just using that as a test case. If they wanted to shut off the power, they could both ways, you know, and we could do the same. It's like this whole underground thing that we probably won't hear about for another 20, 30 years, but a lot of that stuff is happening right now yeah. and so you know i do wonder if biden went over there and said hey you better go your Jess, and not you know because we're going to start doing some sh- you know some stuff to you and 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 this is going to start getting yeah it's not like really we don't bad. have the
0: infrastructure to fight back if we need to god i know? hope
1: not i hope we're not just sitting back there saying oh how did they do that oh how did they do that? I bet we better have those codes like we had in Iran when they when they tried to spin up their uh, nuclear yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff and we shut it all down yeah. off of a printer, yeah, yeah <laughs> like an, exactly. an HP printer that right. happened to be in the room that we had a little bit of a ransomware. Well, not ransomware, but a little uh, yeah, yep. yeah thing in there yep. anyway. So that's right. something you got to keep your eye on, too.
0: That's right. All right. Well, hey, that's our that's our water cooler discussions for the day.
1: Dude, you got all kinds of stuff to talk uh, about
0: now. Oh, we do. That's right. Yeah, you, you shouldn't have something to talk about with your coworkers now. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, before we move on uh, to close things out, uh, let's, as always, thank our sponsors, Elo, Epson, Honeywell, and Zebra. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We could not do this without you. Uh, hey, as always, uh, if you want to talk to us, if you want to tell us what you think about some of these stories, if you have similar stories that you want to share with us, maybe Absolutely. we can talk about it on a future Tech Bite. We're going to do this hey, on website. you a can come on basis. and be
1: a part of our Tech Bite.
0: Yeah, no doubt. There Seriously, you go. send something in. If we like it, we might pull you up and bring you in for a short little snippet to chat with us about it. That'd be awesome. All right, here's how you can do that you can go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star rating and review. Uh, you can go to YouTube leave us a comment on our video if you're watching this on the video like the video
1: I got another one here real quick okay. I'm gonna interrupt you you can tell a friend there's nothing better yes. than and then hey I was listening to this podcast you should yep. give it a listen to too.
0: I completely agree yeah if you like if one of these stories is something you're discussing tell someone hey I heard about this on the tech connect podcast bingo I'll send you a link to the show you can check it out there you go that would be fantastic. I'd love, love to hear that. Uh, and, of course, as always, you can reach out to us directly. You can find us on Twitter, at TechConnectPod. You can email us, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. all right let's wrap things up here so normally we do the value to the var, which is a takeaway <laughs> you know for but obviously this is just you know kind of a jeopardy
1: lost their brand and robots are taking yeah, over right yeah.
0: i mean you know we did talk you mentioned obviously you put some value behind this here yeah, with the it, robot stuff you know yeah. like robotics aren't going anywhere no nope. it's important for you to figure out how your solutions can fit into that even mm-hmm. if you're not the person providing the robots mm-hmm. there's going to be solutions that you sell that are going to be you know impacted. integrated or or, or, or impacted by that yes yeah so you you just stay on top of this stuff. It's always important to know those kind of
1: things. I would agree with that in all seriousness. I mean, that is one of those breakaway technologies that's that's starting to come to fruition. You know, Definitely. there's a lot of talk about it, but it is happening, and it is happening all over the place. You hear about autonomous vehicles. You hear about robotics, things like that. You know, you just you got to keep your thumb on the pulse of what's happening. I know we are. As a company, we're keeping our thumb on the pulse and, and what are our resellers asking for, and how can we offer up some of these new products? Quite honestly, yep. Yep. Uh, so it wouldn't be surprising to me if Blue Star isn't, uh, you know, distributing some type of robotics yep. here in the next year or two, uh, type of a thing. So, as a solution provider, you got to be tapped into that. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely.
0: All right, well, hey, let's wrap up with what's tech connecting with you. Uh, This is where we always talk about something in the world of science, tech innovation that's caught our eye, got our attention, that we're thinking about. Dean, what's tech connecting with you today? All right, so
1: this headline just grabbed me. Audi unveils autonomous AV that changes shape. So they're developing a vehicle that can do shape-shifting. Okay, so you think about that headline, you're like, ooh, Shape shifting like Batman or something like or that, Transformers. It's like, like it's a vehicle, and then it's going to yeah, completely. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So apparently, but they're they're so yes, it does, and I'll give you the details here in a little bit uh, in in a second. But it's an electric vehicle created by uh, by Audi, and what they're you know in this whole mad rush around EVs, I guess they felt it was important to come out with a concept car that could actually do some shape shifting. Well, the only shape shifting it really does is it lengthens by ten inches. So uh, what the concept is is it can go from a being a driver car to a completely autonomous car yeah. and when it goes autonomous it sure stretches a, no i'm sorry stretches. it stretches and the steering wheel actually folds under and the pedals disappear and so it gives you like this more room oh, so you uh, can relax you can relax yeah, and yeah. now you have like this space because the car is just driving itself so it actually well, like extends that. a little bit and it gives you a little bit more breathing room in the front and yeah it, it all just the video is really cool because yeah, the steering yeah. wheel kind of goes up under the dashboard uh, and the pedals just kind of mold right into, right, into the right. footboard uh, there. So really cool concept. But I love the idea of, you know, the difference between, oh, no, I want to drive now. Press a button, right, z- right, right. your car shape shifts a little bit. Uh, steering wheel comes out. No, I'm done. You know, I want to chat. Hit a button, z- z- car takes over. Very cool. And now you have this See, space.
0: I, I'm all for this because in my mind of what the autonomous vehicle future looks like, when everybody's driving them, because yeah. I, I, again, I'm never gonna—I don't think I'm gonna feel comfortable just completely taking my hands off the wheel <laughs> or off or not watching anything <laughs> until everyone's vehicles are autonomous. Right? right. So I may never see that in my lifetime, but I—my th- th- vision has always been like, hey, you're on your way to work or you're on your way to something or other, and maybe you just need to catch a quick little power snooze, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. you want to read a book, right? Or you want to watch a movie, you want to relax a little bit. Yeah. You don't want to be just sitting there and you're chair sitting
1: upright still. Like why yep. wouldn't you wanna be a little more yes. I like that. see, these audio engineers, they know they know what's going smart. on. So I they're like gonna it. give you a little bit more leg room. They're gonna yeah. Yeah, all right, cool. So I what's, a, what's tech connecting with you?
0: Uh, you're not much of a video game guy, really, are you?
1: No, well, like, did you in know, the past in I my mean, collegiate career, right, right. you know, I, yeah, I played the heck out of play, Nintendo. Did you ever play sports games? Yeah, like Tecmo Bowl? <laughs> okay,
0: all right, perfect. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it because that's one of my all-time favorites.
1: Oh, I and was a Tecmo Bowl master, like everybody. I
0: love Tecmo Bowl. Well, you might appreciate this then. There is a new game that's available on, I know it's on iOS, but I think it's available on any uh, gaming platform. Get you're, out. You're an Apple guy. Called called Retro Bowl. Okay. Which is essentially, it's very similar as far as the I'm look i'm buying it right graphics now. oh it's 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 free it's not you don't have to buy it uh there's like an upgrade you can do for like a dollar if you want i haven't even done the upgrade yet it's not in, it's not important all right so this game basically plays very similar except it's even more simplistic it's very easy to understand very easy controls and you also have a little bit of like the franchise management piece to it nice so you kick the game off where you get to take over a very bad team okay i started with the jets i started <laughs> That was that's not a knock on the Jets. I think it gave me a couple options and it even recommended like don't pick your favorite team because you want to try to work up to that. Okay. So, it gotcha. recommends you pick a team maybe that you're Well, not San as Francisco
1: was with. like the bomb back in Tech Mobile. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah.
0: so I started with the Jets and basically it started me off like in week 16 or something where they were winless the entire season. They had just fired their manager and they brought me in to take over. Okay, got it. So, I get to play the game and try to win that first that first game of the season for them. And yeah. then they hire you back on for the next season. You start building the franchise, you you do the draft, you sign players, and it takes you this process of, like, you can help, like, boost their morale, you get coaching credits <laughs> to, like, fix your facilities. And mind you, I know that may sound complicated. It's not. It's super, super simplistic. Got it. And then you play the games, and when you play the games, they're very short. You can honestly, you can play an entire season within about an hour.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. If you're, if you're yeah, not yeah, putting yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of,
0: devoting a lot of time to right. all the little details, right? Right, right, right. And like the games are like, it's like two minute quarters. You only play the offensive side.
1: Nice. So you
0: just, you're just out there throwing to your your okay. receivers, doing your running backs, kicking some field goals, punting if you need to. It quickly tells you what the other team does on when they're on offense. Okay whether they've scored or not, right. So you proceed through the games very quickly, get back to things. You see how your fans are excited about the team. You get comments from the press and stuff.
1: <laughs> Does it look like Tecmo Bowl? It's 8 bits. It's pixelated. Yeah, it's that
0: little pixelated. It looks exactly like it. Of course, it doesn't have the official NFL license. So right, like, you know, there's right, no right, real. Right, right. Although the players' names are suspiciously <laughs> very similar, or they'll just take like someone's last name that actually is in the NFL and just put a different first name on it yes. or something. Yes, The teams yes. are just called by the city names. You know, you don't actually – it's not the, not the Jets or the Falcons. It's not really. Jerry
1: Rice. It's Barry Rice. Right,
0: something like that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so I've gone through five years already in just the last like week, maybe that I've been playing this because I said, it's, it's that fast. I, I went from the jets. I played a couple seasons with them, got them into the playoffs. Uh, I got offers from other teams. I took over the Falcons or the Atlanta team for a while. Last night I finally made it to the retro bowl and won the retro bowl and finished it off. And now I moved to the Kansas city team to the chiefs. (laughs) To be my new home from here on out because they're like one of the highest ranked teams. But yes, it is, it is absurdly fun. It is highly addictive. Yes, simple to play, easy to get into. Highly recommend if you've ever been a fan of sports games. And I'm like I'm someone who never got into Madden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not like how ridiculously complex that game is. Yes. And I'm, so, I'm someone is. who's fine with complex video games. Right, but Madden took took the fun out of it for me by being. So complicated, complicated. Mm-hmm. right yeah so i never got into that i always appreciated what tecmo ball had to offer yeah. tecmo super bowl yeah this game will definitely remind you that so
1: retro ball this point in my life wasting more of my time because <laughs> i literally dude i probably but it's, have it's a quick like i said it's so hours quick. You if not could, you know you
0: could very easily just like in some quick downtime somewhere whatever you're waiting for something just open it up play a quick game bit through it and move on to the next thing
1: i'm good mega man are they coming out with a mega man retro too uh Remember I, think mega could, man? I
0: think you can play some of the old mega man yeah. games like All on right. ios like yeah. you rebranded versions of them. All right.
1: Well, I'm doing Retro Bowl. That's pretty cool. All right. right, That's what's tech
0: connecting with us. (laughs) All right, folks. So uh, until next time, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Hopefully, there'll be a new host of Jeopardy! sometime soon. Maybe it could be you. I don't know. Throw your hat in the ring. Everything's open at this point. Uh, Why not? uh, Go see a movie in the theater. Watch it at home. I don't care. Just enjoy yourself. And uh, as always, please stay tuned. Cannabis dispensary owners require reliable, easy-to-use hardware designed to withstand the rigors of continuous use. While consumer products often fail to deliver, ELO's commercial-grade solutions provide an advantage offering manageability, long life cycle, durability, ease of support, warranty, and flexibility. From all-in-one POS systems, flexible monitors, and easy-to-connect peripherals to eye-catching displays, self-service kiosks, and mobile computers for inventory management, ELO offers a variety of moderate, engaging solutions for your dispensary customers. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact the Blue Star ELO team. When it comes to completing customer transactions and keeping lines moving, merchants feel the need for speed. As the fastest receipt printer in the industry, Epson's new OmniLink TM-T887 delivers. With lightning-fast print speeds up to 500 millimeters per second, the T887 helps merchants deliver the best customer experience in virtually every environment, especially high-volume ones like hospitality, retail, grocery, banking, and more dynamically share with PCPOS terminals, mobile devices, and cloud servers at the same time. And with built-in Ethernet and USB, along with options including serial, parallel, powered USB, and Wi-Fi, it has the flexibility to connect to almost any system. You can also print from web-based applications using Epson's ePOS print technology or utilize server-direct print technology for online ordering. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star Epson representative. Finding new avenues to generate sales revenue in the new normal can be daunting. With organizations facing a number of challenges, including reduced staffing and IT budget cuts, the ability to service and maintain their existing Zebra hardware has never been more critical. For channel partners, selling service contracts that extend the life of purchased Zebra hardware is a great value-added sales tool that will not only benefit your customer, but also your bottom line. To learn more, check out the ebook called Zebra Service Contracts, Why You Should Sell Them and How Blue Star Can Help. It's available at techconnectportal.com by searching contracts, or you can find the link in the show notes.